You're listening to Sphera Now, a podcast for environmental health, safety, and quality professionals around the globe. This is brought to you by Sphera, the largest global provider of integrated risk management software and information services with a focus on environmental health and safety, operational risk, and product stewardship. Now, let's get started. Welcome to the Sphere Now podcast. I'm James Tarani, Sparks Editor-in-Chief. Today on the program, we have a very special guest. His name is James Brown, and he is Accenture's Principal Director for Consulting. He was also a featured speaker during Sphere's recent Safe Operations Summit, which you can watch on demand on Sphere.com. Thank you so much for joining me today, James. Thanks, James. Nice to meet you. Very nice to meet you, too. Uh, so before we begin, can you tell our audience a little about yourself and your role at Accenture? Yeah, so um, I'm the um, Accenture's HSE lead for uh, for Europe. Um, my uh, background is uh, 10 years of operations and engineering experience, and then around 12 years of functional safety risk asset integrity uh, consulting experience. Very good. And um, I guess I, I need to start off and a- by asking you uh, how the pandemic is uh, really affecting safety. Uh, I know I was listening to part of um, your session during the summit, and you were talking about how some turnarounds are being deferred till 2021. Are you at all concerned about how this will help uh, affect safety? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, we've been working on a number of things around this point. Uh, to begin with, really understanding how how companies can safely operate um, during the pandemic, pandemic, so how they can um, get people on site safely, uh, maintain operations, maintain that minimum critical number of people and, and competencies to actually deliver. And then it was it was more about really getting people back to work. Um, so a lot around around contact tracing and, and these types of things. Um, but you're absolutely right. When it comes to uh, turnarounds, there's been a lot of deferrals that have happened from 2020 into 2021. One of the biggest concerns around that is, is A, can you do it safely? Um, and is it the right thing to do? Uh, what most companies do is they look at all of their equipment and on a, an equipment by equipment basis, they check to see, you know, is it, you know, is the risk too high for that particular piece of equipment and can they actually defer? Um, what they often fail to do is then look at the bigger picture and see well, well, what are the what are the interlinks between those bits of equipment and 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 if you think of um, Swiss cheese or, or the barrier model you know how, how could those things line up um, and potentially cause cause a major accident um, that's one thing and the second thing is is obviously the reason for delaying the turnarounds is the lack of resources people can't travel you know you might mm-hmm. need some specific expertise um, so the idea is that you'll be able to get that expertise next year, but of course nobody really knows what's going to happen next year. Uh, and also everybody is being rebooked onto other turnarounds, and there's more work that's going to need to happen next year. So, so yes, absolutely, I can see there there could be some problems. Definitely, and. So risk pathways is something that we've talked a lot about uh, recently at Sphera, and I, I'm curious to know your thoughts on this because, uh, well, first of all, can you explain to our audience what a risk pathway is and how uh, how they develop? Yeah, so um, when I think of, of barrier management systems, so that, that is um, systems for managing your safeguarding barriers against major accidents. So your fires, your explosions, your toxic releases, your major structural collapse, or, or whatever is relevant for your for your industry or, or your business. Um, 
what companies have done in the past is is if you think of a maturity model a four-step maturity model so really early on and this this is what it was like when i was um an operations engineer at a at a, at a gas terminal um way back you'd, you'd think about your process hazard analyses and you'd have you'd have safeguards in place you'd have management systems in place but typically you know you may even consider what what are your major accidents but you wouldn't necessarily really clearly define what are your major accident barriers um what what are the what's the level of performance you'd expect them to operate at um that's the first stage the early stage and then the next stage is really you know you've, you've got what we call bow ties set up so you understand what your barriers are and you use that but you use it really just for visualization it's good for training it's good for explaining to people and it's good for giving you a peace of mind for the fact that you've got barriers there um the next step which is more recent was is, is companies start to look at well okay can we dynamically look at those barriers and 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 the status of those barriers um and pull that into a, a system which in near real time you can get a good overview of each of those barriers and, and what's going on with them are they are they available or aren't they available and the idea of that being that you can see across the whole bow tie and you can you can make a, a good decision around that you know let's say let's say two or even three barriers are deficient then you can make a decision but what, what tends to happen is it, it's more of a work order status program um, and it's focused really on just a few of the hardware bits of hardware it doesn't really consider organizational or, or operational barriers the more softer barriers um, and then the next step really is that the holy grail which is um, uh, what we're talking about now around dynamic risk, risk, risk pathways and around cumulative risk mm-hmm. so the problem with the previous dynamic barrier management systems is they look at status of barriers but don't necessarily um, consider the fact that not all barriers are born equal some of them are more um, uh, better equipped to reduce risk than others do you have an example of that? Because I was going to ask you about that because you mentioned it also on the summit. Uh, I was hoping you might be able to uh, provide a, an example of that for my audience. Yeah. So if you think about the, you know, the engineering hierarchy of controls, um, you know, your, your, your fixed static um, controls there will, will your containment systems, for example. So from a pressure vessel, you know, is, is your containment, is it designed properly, is the right thickness? um was it okay in the first place and then you know are you, are you maintaining that you know that that's quite a, a good a good control um obviously before that you'd have more inherent risk i.e you'd remove the hazard in the first place but if you can't you've got more 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 static and then after that you'd have more instrumented systems so emergency shutdown systems and those could have different levels of reliability so you typically talk about sill levels the higher the sill level the more reliable it needs to be and after that then you start looking at things like human systems and you know you're expecting a control room operator to press the button they're they're less equal i would say than others okay is there a difference between what you'd find in an older plant versus a newer plant in terms of uh, uh barrier issues or potential barrier issues yeah absolutely um so older plant you know if you're talking 30 years plus then um yeah there's going to be a lot of degradation corrosion internal external corrosion um they may well not have been cited as well as they could could have been um so you look at um various disasters you've had in the past you know where, where plant has built up around or or the local area has built up around a plant and it's not been been cited that well um, and then the reliability of the the instrumented systems as well may not be as good 
Mm-hmm. Um, and there's just, just a general de- degradation. So the health of your barrier naturally deteriorates over time. And how about for a newer plant? So for a newer plant, of course, um, uh, you'd like to think that uh, the the plant will be designed in accordance with the uh, the risk and the, the latest standards. There'll be an update on standards. Um, and yeah, there'll be a lot less degradation because it's newer. All right. So, well, how can technology and software help prevent a risk pathway from developing? Okay, so it's all about visibility and mm-hmm. giving you that visibility uh, through that, that that risk pathway. So, and we're talking um, about a real-time visibility. Exactly, real-time visibility. Um, and what's really important is that it's not just usable by your technical safety engineer or, or your management team. It needs to be usable by the people on the shop floor. So your operations teams, your maintenance teams, um, it needs to be something that's there. That's where you'll get the most use out of it. Um, so, so dynamic risk pathways, the, 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 these tools, they give you that um, ability to see in a lot more detail than previous bar- barrier management systems would give you. Why? It seems like this is such a great idea. Why has it taken so long to get here where you're able to get that kind of real-time look at the weaknesses in the plant and the bar- and the barriers? I think um, the te- technology, development of technology, um, the access to the data, the operational data. Uh, we always talk about dark, what we call dark data. So there's a lot of data being captured and being used on a plant, but often it's not usable between different systems. Um, so you'll have uh, a different SCADA or DCS system, you'll have different operational IT. Um, they're used, they're typically put in place to be used for a specific purpose without really considering that that data can be used for other things. Um, and over time, that those lines are really blurring. A lot of companies now are starting to use data lakes, they're, they're putting their data in the cloud securely, <clears throat> but getting access to it for use in, in other use cases. And that's what's really developing on, on and, and just the, the theory around this and the understanding is getting a lot better. That's interesting. I've never heard that term dark data. So we talk a lot, a lot about data silos. Is that very similar? It is similar, but um, dark data is data that you know you've got, but you just can't really access and use for other things. So it may sit in a silo, but it also may be something you know you've got, but you can't access. Interesting. So. Can you talk a little bit about the digital transformation process? Um, I just saw an article, I think it was from last month on ZDNet that said 60% of respondents said COVID-19 forced them to alter their digital transformation plans. Um, is that concerning to you at all? No, I think I think um, it's one of the positive things that's come out of this. How's I that? mean, I, I see this as companies saying, look we need we need our, our people to be more connected so that if they need to work from home they can work from home um and also getting access to the information that they need um so okay in the short term it might be more difficult but i think it's forcing people to really rethink what they were doing before in a similar way to the way that they're rethinking how they work where they work from uh, they need to travel um these things are uh yeah, I think that's one of the positive things to come from it. Interesting. Okay. Um, so similarly, when we talk about digital transformation, uh, Sphera just did released our PSM ORM report uh, 
two or three months ago, and 91% of the respondents in the report said having real-time risk indicators would improve safety and risk awareness, but only a third of respondents said they manage process safety proactively. Isn't there a disconnect there, and what do you think is causing that disconnect? Yeah, so 91% said that they would get a better overview, but 30% said they wouldn't, they haven't got it. Exactly, 36%. Yeah. 36%. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm not so sure about disconnect. I think I think they're saying that they would benefit from it, but they don't necessarily have it. And I think that's just because of the barriers, the historical barriers around putting a lot of this in place. Um, there's a barrier in terms of the cost, historically. There's a barrier in terms of um, our own perception of what's available and what's affordable. Uh, these things are developing so quickly now, um, and people don't necessarily see that that's available. Um, making the business case for it as well can be a challenge. I often see this with, with with clients putting together a reasonable business case around management of risk and linking risk with 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 value. Um, a lot of companies struggle with. They really struggle with it. Is part of that the reason that it's really hard to say that if I do if I implement this software, I can. Uh, to, re- to really put the data points behind it, is that the challenge about how how uh, it, how effective it will be? Yeah, it, it's it, it's really for for me, it's about you know if you go, if you go to your your chief financial officer and say, okay, give me give me a million dollars to implement this 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 system, then you you start getting a lot of tough questions around. Okay, so how how, how many how many lives is it going to save? Can you guarantee this? It's all about reduction of risk rather than um, you know it's going to bring in uh, more revenue or it's going to reduce cost and and that's something I think companies companies struggle with. Um, uh, often we don't. There are said that the kind of the the HSE community or the IT community we don't necessarily put this forward as actually it's it's benefit in terms of efficiency, um, in terms of your ability to, to do your job. Um, in terms of your ability to focus on doing the things on the front line. And, and that's what I, I see is great about these tools is that it enables the, the people on the front line to focus on what's important. It directs them much more quickly. They don't have to do so much administration. They don't have to do so much routing around. And you're not so reliant on on super experts, you know, people who have been in the industry for, for, for 20, 30, 40 years. Um, you know, you, you, can, um, uh, you can make the decisions much more easily. So how so if you were for if you took for example dynamic risk pathways how would you use that to make the argument that this is a, a necessary expense to help keep these barriers safe and to help prevent these uh, risk pathways from developing can you talk a little bit about that please yeah sure so first of all uh, justifying ma- managing major accidents is 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 quite an important one um, so you know, when it comes to regulatory compliance, we know, for example, you know, several regulators are getting more and more concerned about the management of major accidents. I know the PSA in Norway, um, I believe others as well, they're concerned that companies are relaxing when it comes to this. And this always happens when there's a low oil price. Mm-hmm. Um, you often see within a year or two of the oil price dropping, you start to see major accidents happening and releases of hyd- hydrocarbons and these types of things. When, when it comes to installing this kind of system, it, when it comes to resource allocation, gets a lot better. When it comes to auditing and inspections, you can do fewer of them um, because you're more assured by having that, that real-time data. You can make better decisions, which means for an offshore installation, you're, you're, you're flying people out 
less often, which saves you money doing that. It can reduce the uh, the downtime, uh, and that's one of the big ones, of course. Um, downtime for many of our clients is is very very costly, so mm-hmm. reducing that um, is is um, very beneficial. Uh, you can reduce maintenance backlog, um, safety critical work orders. Um, yeah, th- there's a number of different ways, but quantifying that can be can be quite a challenge. Definitely. And so can you talk to me a little bit about what you see the future in the future? What does the future hold for all of this uh, software and technology? Yeah, good question. I think what, what what's good about this software is 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 the linking to PHAs and the and the ability to to show the level of risk reduction. So what you might find is one barrier um, <clears throat> gives you much better than than say two other barriers, whereas previously you didn't get that overview. Um, so so linking that together is quite good um, and giving yourself the flexibility um, going forward. So there's a lot of changes that we see happening. Um, we get we've got an aging workforce. And this type of system is really going to help the the newer talent coming through to really understand how that plant is operating and what is really important and how they prioritize their time. Um, it's going to make it easier for them to learn. Definitely. And there's that's a risk we often talk about is that knowledge uh, gap when when a, say an older worker leaves the organization or finds another job and leaves the organization. It's how do you ha- hold on to all that safety knowledge if it's if it's in somebody's head or in an Excel spreadsheet or in a notebook somewhere, you know what I mean? That's right. That's right. And what 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 I always say is, you know, the the people who are have got all the knowledge um, are not necessarily conversant with the digital systems. You know, we weren't brought up with these these kinds of systems that are available now. Whereas the the the, the younger talent coming through, they they're not just used to it; they they expect it. Um, you know, it, it's how life operates now, um, and and they they learn differently. It's just a different way of learning. So these systems can really help them to to onboard and to be be efficient at, at doing what they're doing, and and to learn much much quicker. Definitely, and we always, I mean. As somebody who's not an expert in safety, I always think to myself, how is it we still have major accidents occurring in 2020? It it feels like we have all this technology at our fingertips that we should be able to do something about it. And perhaps maybe we do now. Yes. Yeah, I think you're right. I think we're still seeing major accidents. I'm sure there'll be more. Um, But we've just got to try the best we can to, uh, to, to stop them from happening. Uh, was there any um, topic you wanted to cover that I didn't ask you about today? No, I think that pretty much covers it. I think uh, if, if if anybody wants some takeaways, um, really, I, I'd suggest you you look in into this, depending on where you are. Well, not depending, but from wherever you are in the world, go and take a look at it because different different geographies look differently at process safety and major accident risk. Um, some countries. Um, focus more on the management systems, others focus more on standards and, and others, I think um, certainly in and around Europe, are focused on uh, major accident barrier management and how you how you deal with those safeguards. Um, so th- these kind of tools can really help you to, um, uh, to really focus your attention uh, and to reduce the likelihood of major accidents from happening. This concludes this episode of Sphera Now. For more content on topics such as these, we encourage you to visit sphera.com, S-P-H-E-R-A.com. While there, feel free to click contact and submit feedback on this podcast or suggest topics you'd like to see us cover. Thank you and have a great rest of your day.